Welcome to Rail Group On Air, a joint podcast of Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. This is Railway Age Editor-in-Chief, William C. Vantuono. Our podcast sponsor is the Greenbrier Companies, which has teamed with Norfolk Southern to develop sustainable, high-strength, and ultra-high-strength steel gondolas. The new gondolas are constructed using a lighter weight steel that reduces unloaded weight by up to 15,000 pounds. This partnership is rooted in the recognition that North America's aging gondola fleet requires substantial replacement with a more sustainable design. For more information, visit gbrx.com forward slash gondola. That's gbrx.com forward slash g-o-n-d-o-l-a. My guest is Paul Duncan, Executive Vice President Operations at Norfolk Southern. Welcome, Paul. Uh, we are going to talk about the improvements and uh, special programs that have been instituted at Norfolk Southern regarding labor relations. There's a new program called START, System Teamwork and Responsibility Training. Things have really gotten better under Alan Shaw's leadership and yours and, and others. First off, Bill, thanks for the time. And and let me talk about the the broader vision that we laid out for the industry and then I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the, uh, the specifics of START. You know, last December, we laid out a, a compelling vision for the industry uh, that first and foremost, everything at Norfolk Southern was going to, uh, to start with safety. Um, we wanted to be a customer-centric operations-driven organization and really strike the right balance between service productivity and growth, recognizing we've got to safely deliver reliable and resilient service for our customers um, productively that, uh, again, is going to collectively grow uh, volumes with our customers and the supply chains that we uh, compete in. We are focused a lot on enhancing our culture, and that starts with uh, leadership development, that starts with process rigor, um, and that uh, means working with uh, our craft colleagues on enhancing our culture. And START is a uh, is a part of that. Really, what START is is it's a, a progressive discipline policy. But we have made progressions from it in order to drive more um, alternative handling and and really improve uh, safety. What START is is it stands for System Teamwork and Responsibility Training. And for some level of incidents that uh, that do take place across our network. As we've had conversations with BLET and, and SmartTD, you know, it behooves us all to ensure that we are setting up a program by which when, when certain level uh, incidents take place, where you're using those as opportunities to train and, and retrain our, our folks. Um, we partner with labor leaders on improving our safety culture, and this was a great opportunity for us to enhance the way we handle rules uh, and rule infractions specifically, you know, making discipline less confrontational and focusing more on education and training while strengthening the working relationships that uh, that we have uh, locally. So for NS, this meant enhancing our policy to allow employees the option to attend a training class for a reduction in discipline for eligible infractions. These classes cover a variety of operating rules and situations, but really are meant to promote the employee's engagement with their peers through active participation, which includes attendance and participation from local labor representatives. So really, it's a culmination of, of where Alan and I and the senior team, and, and we want to go with, with Norfolk Southern, which is continuing to work collectively with our craft colleagues to enhance our safety culture. So it's a big win for, uh, for the entire group. 
It would seem to me that it is largely based on being proactive rather than reactive when the, when incidents do occur. Uh, it's more based on, as you said, education. Oh, it absolutely is. You know, a, a key component of us enhancing our safety culture at Norfolk Southern is approaching it as a collective group amongst leaders, amongst craft colleagues to figure out the best practices that are going to uh, drive the uh, the best outcomes. As, as leaders, we set the tone. Tone is what drives culture and culture is what ultimately influences the outcomes. And working collectively with our craft colleagues on, on something that is more training focused, more uh, root cause focused, more learning focused is uh, is the way that we want to progress. It's a way we know will get us to where we need to be. Can you tell me about some of the, uh, in terms of training, some of the tools that, that you're using? Because training, of course, can be done on the job, in the field. It can be done in the classroom. It could be done virtually. We've made a lot of enhancements to our conductor trainee uh, program this year. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to conductors uh, specifically, Bill. Sure. Um, you know, we're proud of the partnership that we have with with SmartTD, and we've had uh, many conversations this year and over the past uh, several months in enhancing our, our training of, uh, of conductor trainees, as well as our conductors and craft mentors. So, it's not just been focused on on the end product for the conductor trainee, but it's also been how are we developing our craft mentors to ensure that we are getting consistent level training across the organization and that uh, we're being as effective as possible. Earlier this summer, we reviewed every facet of our conductor trainee program with our labor leaders. And in doing so, we found several areas where we could strengthen what was an already strong training program. First and foremost, was the development of a train-the-trainer module. This training module is required for all conductors to better equip them to be more effective uh, trainers. The module also requires conductors to review the conductor trainee qualification book, wherein conductors and trainees will work together to build the skills required for eventual promotion to conductor. Second was the development of a bilateral rating system. We would call it, uh, or we do call it, kind of an Uber-style rating system that provides a feedback mechanism on the quality and effectiveness of the conductor trainer and the engagement of the conductor trainee. So in conjunction with this, an incentive structure is is also being developed to reward our most effective trainers, those with the highest ratings. So this is an incentive, it's really meant to promote quality conductor trainer, conductor trainee experience. So it's a bilateral rating system by which the conductor trainer and the conductor trainee can rate the other person in order to get the most quality results and feedback amongst those two uh, those two groups. One of the third aspects, we increased uh, our training allowance. So we negotiated an increase in training uh, allowance paid to our conductor trainers to recognize our conductors who are helping to shape the future of our conductor workforce. This was a piece of feedback, Bill, that we got from many of our our craft colleagues, and we felt it was appropriate to, again, ensure that we were uh, incentivizing the right behavior and the right leadership amongst our craft colleagues that are training our our, our next conductors. We increased our craft mentor ranks. So craft mentors are are really what we would call the top gun of our conductor trainers. Um, Craft mentors step away from their daily conductor jobs to meet and educate trainees in a classroom setting. Craft mentors also help shape the curriculum for our conductor trainees at the local level. And recently, we partnered with local labor leaders and uh, supervisors to increase the craft mentor ranks with a goal of having over 100 craft mentors. We've increased craft mentor pay. 
recognizing these individuals is important to attract the best conductor trainers qualified to be craft mentors. And as such, we increase their rate of pay from uh, 325 to 375 while uh, performing craft mentor duties. And then finally, we establish clear guidelines collaboratively with our labor leaders that conductor trainers will only be paired with conductors who have 12 months or more experience as a conductor. And that was important because of just the amount of folks that we have brought on new in the past year. We wanted to ensure that uh, we had folks that were training others that uh, that had at least 12 months of experience. So various levers that we have pulled, Bill, based on the feedback and discussions we've had with our craft colleagues to not only improve uh, the incentive and performance to ensure we're getting the right leaders to train our next conductors, but also getting the best conductor trainees through the program that we could. When you're talking about trainers and mentors, these are one-on-one relationships where a trainee will be assigned to a, an experienced conductor and work with that person exclusively? Yes, that's correct, Bill. You know, one of the things that we've heard from our team is that we have conductor trainees that were previously working different jobs and having different experiences based on the the other conductors that they were working with. So we felt it was appropriate to drive further consistency in matching them up with, uh, with someone that they were going to be able to learn over time with rather than getting varied experiences from others. How are these folks matched up? You know, we've got conductors that are are more than willing to help train uh, new folks and are very good at it. We work with our local uh, chairman at uh, the various locations where we're bringing on conductor trainees to ensure that uh, we're matching them up with folks that match in in personality traits as well as uh, leadership. So you're relying on the uh, local uh, labor leadership to say, hey, this person will make a really good teacher. Empower them to pick who is going to be a trainer. Yes. That's correct, Bill. How has this helped retention? You know, those are the three caveats of building your workforce. There's hiring, training, and the most difficult pieces, I think, as we all know, is 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 retention. So on the third piece, how has this program helped uh, in terms of retention? First and foremost, ending up with uh, what I would say is a better quality training program. And that is going to cascade into, you know, better retention over time. But I will tell you too, Bill, that uh, one of the things that we're hearing more and more is that folks know that uh, everything in Norfolk Southern right now is starting with safety. Folks are bought into our compelling vision. And uh, we're even having folks that uh, that previously left Norfolk Southern reconsider that decision uh, coming back to NS. Right now, we feel very uh, good about uh, the the long-term glide path for retention at, uh, at NS. So I'd like to talk a bit about the new position that uh, Floyd Hudson has been elevated to, Vice President of Field Engagement. In my 30-plus years of doing this at Railway Age, I, I, that's that's something new to me. You know, it's important to us as a part of our strategic vision as to where we want to go with employee engagement. Um, we're a safety-first culture. Um, you've heard me, Alan, and other members of the senior team consistently say that we can be better at NS. And we want to lead the industry in safety and set the gold standard for safe operations. We have met with labor leaders across the organizations throughout the year. You saw us in June, you know, meet with all of our national labor leaders in uh, in Bellevue, Ohio, because employee engagement is something that is not only key to our strategic success and vision, but it's also important to us that we have uh, solid and great relationships across the organization as we continue to enhance our culture. 
it was imperative for us and important enough for us that we put our money where our mouth is and that we create a position that is a vice president and employee engagement position solely dedicated to ensuring that we are moving the culture forward and advancing our uh, the discussions that we have with our craft colleagues daily and ensuring that that feedback is uh, is being acted upon and that we are moving forward as an organization and enhancing our culture. We chose uh, Floyd given his credibility with our craft colleagues. We think it's a, a great move. Really, we think it's a, a model for the industry in, again, demonstrating our commitment to employee engagement and where we want to go at, uh, at NS. One expression uh, I've heard uh, from an experienced railroader, uh, civil engineer, he said, railroading happens in the field on the ground. Floyd's going to spend a lot of time out in the field. Well, we all are. Yes, absolutely. Floyd is going to spend a lot of time out in the field. And that's across the the organization of all of our functional groups um, beyond his prior uh, leadership role in, in transportation. Alan and I are out on the railroad all the time because it, it means so much for us to know what the pulse of the organization is so that we can continue to provide the tools, the leadership, and the guidance to the organization as to how we want to enhance our culture. So this is something that um, that we are all very passionate about. And again, we're focused on enhancing our culture at Norfolk Southern, and it starts with us getting out in crew rooms, getting up in locomotives and uh, into shops and, and talking with our folks, taking that feedback, and, uh, and moving forward very swiftly in addressing it. You know, that sounds like uh, a very enjoyable task. Oh, absolutely, Bill. You know, Alan and I have had this conversation several times that we are just energized when we're in the field talking to our folks. I've ridden trains in the in in the past couple of weeks. Just got back from uh, the Blue Ridge and and spent time with our folks in Norfolk, um, where we have our uh, large export coal facility. And you know, there's just so much pride in uh, in our people at uh, at Norfolk Southern and. Again, just having those conversations and talking about our strategic vision with folks is really energizing for for Alan and I, as well as uh, other leaders in the organization. So, you know, we're really pumped up about where we're going as an organization aligned with our strategic vision. And every time we have conversations with our team, we see it, we hear it, we're aligned on, on where we're going. So we're we're really energized when we're out in the field, Bill, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. Well, we've seen a lot of positive changes regarding labor relations across the industry. Things like paid sick leave, for example, and it's it's very uh, encouraging how every major railroad ha- has signed on to that. And I, I think over the long term, it's uh, it's going to be very beneficial. Well, back to your point about uh, retention, Bill. We have to evolve with the times. Folks coming in now to the railroad versus 20, 30 years ago have different priorities in life, and that's okay. But we have to adapt in order to uh, bring those folks in and retain them for the long term. Coming out of the last uh, round of of national negotiations, uh, we made it very clear that we would immediately pivot to local on-property bargaining with our labor organizations on quality of life issues. And that was a promise that we kept. We achieved that faster than any other class one railroad. In early June, we were the first to achieve negotiated paid sick leave agreements 
covering 100% of our craft colleagues. But we're not stopping there. We're publicly committed to exploring additional quality life benefits uh, with our craft colleagues, and that's going to be something that positively impacts um, our employees' uh, quality of life. We have predictive work schedules for our locomotive engineers, and that's something that we are transitioning with our conductors towards uh, next year. We're really pleased that uh, that we were able to come to, through those negotiations successfully with something that will benefit uh, all of us at, uh, at Norfolk Southern. So, yeah. again, this is a priority for us, and it's going to continue to be. And that's not easy to do for a railroad that operates 24-7. But these young people coming in, they want that work-life balance. And it's not easy to achieve, but uh, it's heartening to see that the industry is making a real effort to do that. Oh, absolutely, Bill. I mean, we're currently the only class one to have negotiated scheduled predictable rest days available to our entire teeny population. That's an illustration of our shared commitment to work-life balance uh, with our craft colleagues. Uh, We've also recently negotiated additional quality of life improvements with SmartTD beyond predictable work scheduling for our conductors to ensure that they have advanced notice and certainty around their weekly assignments and can better plan their work and uh, and personal life. So, you know, we're building additional tools and processes to maximize our conductors' ability to schedule uh, the vacation days that they would prefer and to tie up on time in order to observe those days um, as planned. So, You know, the overarching theme to successful engagement of our craft colleagues has been frequent and frank communication and taking action on the issues that matter most to our people. We have exemplary attendance and consistency on the job is is crucial in our operations. And we believe the best way to encourage attendance is not through punishment, but by rewarding those who show dedication to their work. Again, this is quality of life. That's why NS is and will remain the only class one railroad not to adopt an overbroad and often overly punitive points-based attendance policy. We understand that there are times when markoff is entirely legitimate and our case-by-case review of attendance helps us account for each employee's unique personal circumstances and ensure that only the truly abusive actors, um, you know, receive discipline. You know, in addition, last year, NS took a novel approach and launched our Top Performers Availability Rewards Program that worked in conjunction with our attendance policy, creating an incentive for employees to remain marked up and available and earn awards for various levels of good attendance. We communicated to our employees that good attendance isn't just about benefiting the operation, it also allows those who have scheduled time off to observe that time without interruption. So this is a positive for us. We believe that a rewards-based approach that uh, that we have emphasized as a whole um, has already helped us improve service and promote the availability without going down the punitive road. So again, this is another step that we've taken to ensure that we are enhancing our culture and doing the right thing for our people. Paul Duncan, thank you very much. We will revisit this subject. It's always good to talk with you. Thanks so much. And uh, as I always say, have a safe day. Thank you, Bill. You as well. Everything starts with safety and NS. Appreciate it.